In this episode of Man vs. Marriage, what are the signs of separation? This is an open discussion. The podcast. How good do you want your life to be? It's truly about becoming the best version of yourself that's possible. Man versus Marriage. Welcome back to another episode of Man versus Marriage. It is I, the cute diggity dog, in the Moran family studio with my lovely wife, Jeannie. What's up, girl? Hey, baby. You looked at me funny when I said the title of the show. That's because I didn't tell you what the title of the show was. It's just a, it's a, a title that has been on my heart. And um, why is it? Because... I've heard more than once lately, and it's happened on emails where marriages are going into separation, and for one party, it's coming out of nowhere. So what I want to do is talk through, if we can kind of revisit what our struggles were, you know, 12 years ago. What were some of the things that you were feeling as we were uh, going through our difficult times and then kind of give the guys some some opportunity to look at what questions can they ask their wife in order that she might feel open enough to, you know, kind of tell them where, where her heart is. Um, I not th- I don't want to worry you about your marriage. There's just a few things that that may be indicators that your relationship needs some improvement, okay? So I'm it's not like you need to go home and say, "Okay, honey, Quincy did a podcast uh about signs of separation. I I see some of these things. Are you leaving me? Don't don't go thrust this upon her." This is mainly for awareness. This is for you guys to make sure that you're invested in your relationship and that that you're asking the right questions so that you can ensure that your wife's emotional needs are being met. And if they're not, what are you going to do about it? What are you two going to do about it, the both of you? What if it's not her that's wanting to leave or thinking about separation? What if it's him? Fair question. So if you are considering leaving your marriage. The first thing I would say is stop everything. Mm-hmm. Stop everything, especially if you have children. Stop right there. Is your marriage worth saving? Why did you marry this woman? Why did you get into this relationship and what's changed? So that's a good point. I think we should get into that as well. Um, going back to our struggles um, I don't know if we've ever officially said, did you consider separating? I know that you said you were worried that I was going to leave you. So No, we did have a conversation once where we asked each other, is is this what we still want? Or are you looking for a way out? Like, what's what's going on here? I thought that's because I, I like mentioned the word divorce or something mm-hmm. like that, and it, it was like a You panic. asked me if I wanted a divorce because we weren't happy. Oh, okay. Well, that's fair. Um, it's not. It's nothing that I wanted. No, you asked me if I wanted it. I know. I'm saying from my side, it's nothing that I ever wanted, even though we went through some really tough times. I did, con- you know, ask myself at one point if I had made the right decision, and that's right around that. That's directly at the time where I like walked in and you were talking to your mom and not saying some nice things about me, and I was, you know, emotional and offended, and I was like, huh, maybe this woman's not loyal to me. Did I make the right choice? Um, but I had to kind of step out of that and say, I mean, it's it's one situation that shouldn't, you know, necessarily define our whole relationship. So I made my way through that and we talked about it, but what were, what were your thoughts when we were going through, uh, the hard times, if you can take yourself back there? 
Meaning what? I didn't consider leaving, so... Okay, good. That's, that's, that's not... Th- it's going to be difficult for me on this one because I've never considered the option of leaving. Okay. I've considered you leaving, and that was what you wanted, but I had never considered myself going anywhere. Okay. Have you um, have you had conversations with, you know, your friends that have considered leaving, um, or do they bring you those considerations? Um, I've talked, I mean, I've talked to a couple people who have divorced or separated and explained to me why they did it or why they didn't continue dating somebody, but, um, they don't generally come to me (laughs) anymore because I, I don't sugarcoat. And if you come to me and you say, well, this person's immature or this person doesn't make enough money or this person isn't, you know, doing the things that I expect them to do. I'm going to ask some questions and generally people get pissed off when I do that because I'm not, I'm not accepting their side and just giving them the, the blessing, if you will, to do what they want because that's not who I am. Yeah. I don't believe in divorce. Um, I, I understand that there are, times when it's necessary. Um, I would never ask someone to stay in an abusive relationship. I would never ask someone to stay in a relationship where they felt, you know, their spouse had cheated on them and they felt that this is just not something they could get past. Um, those are very different reasonings for me, Mm -hmm. not necessarily for everybody else. I do know people who have been cheated on and have stayed married for many, many years. I do know people who have been abused and stayed married and they've worked through it. Um, not everybody is made to do that. Not everybody is willing to go through the amount of work it takes to do that. And I'm not, I'm not saying it's not a bad thing or that it is a bad thing. I'm saying some of us, we know our limits. You know, there are some things that I don't think I would ever be able to get over if it, if it happened between the two of us. I won't know unless we come up against that. And thankfully we never have. So. Yeah. And I would encourage us never to let that happen. No. No. Um, as far as people coming to me, though, it's it's the stuff that people talk to me about and wanting to split a relationship outside of someone who's been cheated on. It's petty stuff. It's really petty stuff. And it's just something that just keeps happening repeatedly. And it's like, okay, either you accept it or they make a change but at some point you have to accept you're not going to force another person to change themselves. Yeah. They have to change themselves. But is giving up a lifetime commitment worth it? Because they have these habitual habits that maybe they're struggling to change it. Maybe they don't even recognize it when they're doing it. You don't it, it's really tough to say because I do stupid stuff all the time. Money is our biggest hang up. I still make those same mistakes and it's not because I'm intentionally trying to piss you off. It's not because I'm trying to endanger the family. It is honestly something that I have not figured out the why or how I just do it. And then after it's done, it's like, Oh, okay. And we go through that little circle again, but it's not something you would leave me over. It pisses you off and we're going to fight about it. You know, until we can figure out how to fix it. And I, I accept that. It's it's something that I am struggling with. So I, I accept that, that there's going to be conflict there until we can come to some kind of resolve. But it's not something I ever worry you're going to take off on me for. Yeah, it's, and it's not. I mean, it's it's not something, it's something I get, I get pretty upset about because um, I'm such an intentional person. Like, what I do is calculated. I'm not. I fly by the seat of my pants often. And so when these things come up, you know, which I, you did mention in one of our podcasts that some of the stuff, some of the spending was like, well, I make money, so I have the right to spend money. And so I don't know if some of this that goes on is that, or like we talked, you know, with Damon and Katoya about just trying to navigate you know, the needs of the family, which is very difficult in the current environment when it comes <laughs> to the price of everything. But I think, well, I think too, 10 people's needs. That's, I think too, though, 
you're still, I think you still dabble in the mindset of lack and worry that there won't be enough. So I do think you are overbuying when it comes to groceries. And I look at that and, and because I look at the amount of food that we're throwing away. So there's going to have to be a happy medium there. But the last time, um, you know, there was like overspending or whatever wasn't according to budget. Instead of getting angry like I normally did, I just told myself, don't get mad, just get better. So I want to be able to help you to plan our schedule like this time didn't work out where we could do it together. But why get mad when we can both just get better? I mean, it's it's money. It's a it's a struggle. It's a struggle for everybody. Yeah. From the billionaire to the person that doesn't have anything, you know, and I know it's funny to hear that you, you think a billionaire is struggling for money. But just think if you had billions or millions in the bank. What would the fear be that something can happen and it could all be gone? Yeah, right. Because money doesn't solve your problems; it helps you figure a lot of well, a lot of problems out. Okay, it helps you. Yeah, figure but then a lot you're still out. you're still constant, constantly in worry of losing or lacking. Yeah, if something was to come along and swipe it, and so, I get that. And we, so we know people that's happened to. That's just you know with that it's nothing. I would not leave you over money. I would not do that. Um, our relationship means too much to me to leave over that. See, I think that's been the majority of the complaints that, that I have had conversations about have been either one makes more money than the other and it's uncomfortable because there's this expectation of he should be providing for me. Um, me personally, I call BS because yes, I agree that that for you, there is this need and this drive to provide for our family. But do I care which one of us makes more money? No. Do I care where the money's coming from? No. As long as the needs of the family are met, I don't really care how we're doing it. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It's, it's not something that I, me personally, would put a, uh, a value to. My value is in your intent and your time and the provision. It's not about, I mean, if you, if you made 30 grand a year and I made 80 grand a year, would it really matter how we were paying our bills or that the bills were getting paid? Are you asking me that as a legitimate question? Yeah, I'm asking as a legitimate question. Um... Uh, I'm not asking how you would feel about earning less. I'm asking, would it matter which one of us brought in more money? I don't, at this point, no, it wouldn't matter. It it would not matter to me. Um, I can't speak for everybody, but if, like a, one of the particular relationships you're talking about where it's constantly a struggle of, I want him to provide for me. I, that's not a negative to me. But you have to go back to the idea, well, okay, well, what does that look like? And what... What expectation are you putting on this particular guy? Well, but here's my question. This is, this is what would confuse me. I want you to provide for me, but I'm not asking you, here, here's what it looks like for me. Your provision for me does not mean you buy me a bunch of nice things all the time. I don't need gifts all the time. That's not my language. Do I appreciate it? Yes. Am I awkward about it? Hell yes. When you spend a lot of money on me for something or you do something special for me, I have to actually stop myself and process through it's okay that I have these things because my mind automatically goes to what did you give up to get this because of what we've been through. Mm -hmm. Um, It's different for me. You providing for me is are you here when I need you? Are you helping with the kids? Are you spending quality time with me so that I'm not buried? Or, you know, are you paying attention? Those are those are more important things to me. Quality time and affection are my most important things. Buying me things is not. Um, yes, I want my date nights, so that's buying me something. But really, it's I don't look at it that way. I look at it as getting us out and having conversation and spending time together. I joke with people because I love to go somewhere where I don't have to cook dinner. That's true. 
and I will take advantage of the entire menu. This is true. But it's also because buying an appetizer, buying a meal, getting a dessert, getting drinks, this prolongs our time out. Okay. So it's not just I want you to spend 150 bucks on dinner. I'm prolonging the time and giving us ample time to just sit, relax, and talk. Not everybody looks at it that way. I get it. I think differently. It's okay. Um, your provision for me is not about buying me a big house and making sure that, you know, everything I want is in this house. I'm not about material. So I would have to pose the question, what does provision look like to you? Are you asking, are you a gifts person? Because that's kind of what it sounds like to me. You're somebody who wants money as a priority. Having the image, having the things is important. There's nothing wrong with that. If that's who you are, cool. That's who you are. But understand, if that expectation is not brought out in the beginning, and you're someone who makes good money, and you already have all these things, and then you expect a guy to come in and take it over, and now he's expected to maintain this lifestyle that you've chosen or these things that you need, that better be communicated up front. Because when you met the guy, he made less money than you. You knew what his job was. His personality drew you to him. Mm -hmm. His uh, ability to go out and have adventure and have fun and do things, that draws you to a person. I get that. So then why isn't that enough? Why does it have to be about the money? After X amount of time, he doesn't get a better job. He doesn't have any drive. He doesn't want to become better. He doesn't want to make a, a more money. What if he's content with who he is and what he's doing? Yeah, maybe maybe he doesn't... He doesn't put the same value on that stuff. Yeah, maybe in that situation, he doesn't live to work. He works to live, and his true value is in life and experience. What if he can teach you a thing or two about just being and yeah. enjoying life? That That's, I think, that's where you and I, I think, have this, the best dynamic is... We have a great time when we get out and we can get away from responsibility. It sucks because financially it's not always easy for us to do that, but we make it a priority to say we want to go do this and we save the money to go do it so that when we get there, we can go balls out and have a good time. Mm -hmm. um, not everybody does that. Some people have money and they can go whenever they want and do whatever they want and it's great. But what do you value? Are you valuing the fact that you spent 10 grand on a trip and you had a great time for a week and then you come home and now you're complaining again because you need to make more money because you just spent 10 grand on a trip and you need to make up for those things? Or are you actually living off the joy that you just made in those however many days on your trip? when you get home so you're feeding yourself back on how do I get back to that how do I do that again rather than I have to go back and work to make more money because we just did this this you get what I'm saying we don't we 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 used to we used to have that we used to have that it used to suck we'd go out and we'd spend money and then we'd come home and you would stress over how do we pay this off we don't do that now I just think I would reevaluate is it the money that you want or the relationship that you want? Because you can't just walk into a relationship and put a demand on somebody that says, you need to provide for me. And this is my lavish lifestyle. And now you're expected to pick up the tab. Um, no. I'm sure that happens. <laughs> I mean, it's it's off the path of, of where we started, but I, I, I get what you're saying. Um if I'm looking, but just to just to like run back to where where we started, like signs of separation, um, I would go back to this particular idea and say, is this relationship meeting your expectations, the expectations that you and your wife have? But now you have to go back a step. Are those expectations spoken? Well, and that and that's where, like, once you once you establish that, and I like to establish something, and then I like to kind of put it into bite-sized pieces. So at that point, you go back and say, okay, which is the question I asked earlier. Well, why did we get married? Why did we start this relationship? 
And I'm not trying to get you to go super deep here, but I'm I'm going somewhere with this. We had fun. We had fun. We enjoyed each other. We made each other feel better. We made each other want to be better. And we had similar interests in where we were going in life. Correct. And with that grew a very deep and strong love, in my opinion. Yeah. And I agree. And when I look at our relationship, I say, man, it's better. It's better than I thought it could be. Really is. Um, And I'm grateful I'm grateful for who you are, but the fact is that we both put a lot of work into getting to where we are. So is the relationship meeting your need? Is it meeting your expectation? Is it, is it what you signed up for? And the reason I ask this is because you're, you're not the same person as when you got married. You're not, she's not the same person that when you got married. So, I don't know how many years you've been married, but the first thing is, why did I marry this woman? And when you establish that, when you I'm go cute. back and you and you consider that, what? Because I'm cute. <laughs> uh, much more than cute. Um, when you establish that, then you can say, you know, when y'all decided to get married, you had to set some kind of an expectation. Now, whether that was silent or spoken, you both set an expectation for what this relationship would be is it healthy I don't know do you know what's what the expectation is for your relationship is it going somewhere have they changed that's where the that's where the rubber meets the road because as you go through hold on just a minute let me say something you're not supposed to freaking eat while we're doing a podcast you know this so it's my podcast. I can do what I want. You're going to be chewing. You want me to go get a piece of gum? No. No. <laughs> it's my podcast. I can do what I want. Okay? okay. You hear what I'm saying over here? Anyway, go ahead. Wait. I already I already did mention that you're not the same. She's not the same, you know, as it started. But well, and I think people thought. forget to sit down and reevaluate the expectation. Mm-hmm. You know, we we did this at 10 years 11 years with Rita was like, you know, you thought the expectation was for you to provide and do all these things. And my expectation was, I need you to be here. I need you present in the moment. I need you physically here, not just with the kids, but with me, because with you being gone all the time and working so much, I was lonely. I'm surrounded by little people. Little people are great. I love our little people. They're big people now, but I love our little people, but they are not conversationalists for mom. And that's where we were not on the same page. We, we were not in the same book because we set out for this relationship to be fun. We set out to have a good time for experiences because we love talking to each other. We loved a lot of the same things. We laughed a lot. And then life hit and what I thought you wanted based on what you were complaining about was you wanted more money in the house and this is because we didn't discuss it we didn't know well enough to just to sit and discuss these things so when you would talk about the groceries or the kids needs or how we didn't have money to pay this or that or the bank account was negative etc all I heard was you're not enough dude what you're doing is not enough so I went to chase more to try to do more I was gone and all you wanted was help be here be Be home (laughs) be my husband be a father and I'm out there doing what I think you need and you're at home thinking he doesn't want to be here well see now there's a flip side to this too because I'm a stay-at-home mom okay that was a decision that we made in the beginning when when Hunter came along I'm gonna stay home with the kids it's what I always wanted, which takes a toll on finances, which, of course, puts more stress on you because now you've got to make more money to make sure that we can balance two incomes and whatnot. But when you're an at-home mom, there are ex- expectations on the household and what you do when you're here and how things get handled. And, you know, when you have five kids under the age of five in diapers, you don't get a whole lot done around the house. 
So you would come home and say, well, what did you do today? That is the worst question ever for me. For me, not everybody. Because all I kept thinking was, what, what do you mean what did I do today? I changed 35 diapers today. I gave five little people baths today. I made three meals and two snacks for everybody in the household. You know, I'm, I'm like running through my head. But then when you look around the house, there's like four loads of laundry have been done. But then three little people decided to crap through everything they had today. So I've got more laundry running. Yeah. You know, it was like no matter what I did, I didn't make a dent. And then you would come home and say, well, what did you do today? Because the house kind of looks, you know. And then I would feel worse because, again, I missed the mark. I didn't meet your expectation. The house wasn't clean. The things weren't done. And it's like we hadn't communicated anything. So you didn't know that my day, in, I mean, I'm sure you could imagine, but it was never actually laid out, dude, 35 diapers between 6 a.m. and 5 p.m. I've had five little people crawling on me since the moment they woke up and everything is mom, 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 mom. still is. She's very good at it. But we never really discussed what do you expect for me to do when I'm at home that would help you mm -hmm. when you come home? Because you would come home and it was just like, here, here's the kids. I don't care about the dishes. I don't care about the laundry. I'm taking a bath. I need out. That was just how it was in the beginning. So there was no real communication of what did you expect from me as being the stay-at-home wife and taking care of our kids. You know, the whole point in being an at-home mom is not just to raise your kids, but it's also maintaining your household for your husband so that there's one less responsibility on your shoulders. There are certain things that you do that I don't for the house. But we never really talked about it. I just, I had an example that I went by and I never, going back, I would have slapped my 20-year-old self and said, don't follow that example. Um, because their marriage was not what I wanted. Their household was not how I wanted our household to run. And I never wanted it to seem like you were the most important person in the world, period. And everybody else was just peons, including the kids. That's not how I viewed what our family and our marriage was meant to be. That's not the culture that we were raised in. So why I accepted that example, I don't know. But um, I always felt like I was lacking because I never put you on that pedestal. I never met that example. Later, I figured out it's because the rebellion in me was trying to tell me, this is not your example. This is not who I am. Um, but yet you you have put me on a pedestal. Um it's a different it's a different uh You're a priority. It's not a pedestal, you're a priority. That's probably a, a good a good way to put it. It's different because when the kids were younger I put the kids first. I had to because the kids can't do things for themselves when they're younger. Um you could handle coming in and making your own plate if you needed to because we had we don't have the average family. <laughs> we just don't. Nothing we have ever done has been average. It's always been the hard way. It has always been more than most. <laughs> it's just who we are. But as we began to develop our relationship and understanding who we are to each other and why this relationship was so important to us, you shifted to the number one priority because... The kids are older. They're going to have their own lives. Now they know how to do things for themselves. But you and I, we're still going to be here when they leave. I'd probably push back on you and say that it's it's so much more than a priority um, because the way that we honor one another, the way that we love one another, we do absolutely prioritize one another. But I think the level of love and honor in respect that we show one another as being an example of a mother and father and a married couple, there is a bit of a pedestal we've put one another on. Um, and I'm not going to say like, this is your dad. You must bow in honor to him. But I guess it's somewhere between prioritizing and a pedestal 
it's some it's somewhere I don't know what you would call it. My mind is too simple to figure it out right now, but I do know that we made a decision to go all in on our relationship. So maybe we did prioritize it. You're smarter with words than I am. The 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 thing I want to bring back to this is that when our life changed, we didn't stop and recalibrate our relationship. And I just don't think we knew any better. It was just yeah, a... Yeah, no one pointed it out. We didn't know. Yeah, and you don't... And the, and the fact is, is you don't know what you don't know. And so if you want to take a step back and look at your relationship, um, maybe it's not even all about the signs of is your marriage getting ready to separate, but take a step back and say, is this what I signed up for? And ask yourself this question as well, which is what part do I play in this if my answer is no? Um, And then look at these particular things, which is, do you know, does your wife know, do you know the love languages? And I know you've heard us talk about that so often, but that can be a key indicator of where someone's heart is. And if you just take the first and the second love language and ask, how is your heart in this? How do you feel about our relationship? Um, are we getting the type of connection that you desire? If it's quality time, and you're spending time buying a lot of gifts, and that ranks a lot lower than quality time, then you may be filling the wrong bucket. And to me, these these particular love languages can be um, reprioritized depending on what you're going through, because it happened to me. Oh, they change. I, I think, much like expectation, you let's put it this way. Anytime there is a change in your household, your job, your relationship, your kids, Quincy and I have come up with the stop everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're doing it probably more now because of the move than we have in a while, just because there's a lot of change happening all rapidly and at once. And so it's a constant, um, are your love languages the same right now? Do we need to recalibrate that? Mm-hmm. Is there something um, that you need more of now that you're not getting that maybe wasn't on the top two a month or two ago? Um, constantly, constantly recheck that because there are times when when you were going through your medical situation, affection was a big one for me because we couldn't have physical connection. There I mean, you had tubes hanging out of your abdomen. There was just no way to navigate what I needed. Mm -hmm. But we could sit in recliner chairs and watch a movie and at least hold hands. So there was some form of connection. But we had to change. Okay, yes, this is is my love language. But right now, this is not available in the way that I would normally need it. So how do we compensate that? What do we do... What what can I have that can substitute that for a short period of time? I'm not saying replace it. I'm saying you have to come up with, you kind of have to shuffle things. I mean, you I, were not really good at accepting help yeah, or having people do things for you or accepting gifts. And at that time, thank God we had people that were coming over and were doing things for us to help. And it was really hard for you because these are things like mowing the lawn. This is a Quincy thing. Mm -hmm. But having someone come by with their kid and say, hey, I'm going to mow your lawn for you. Okay, cool. Me, I was like, do it. I'm good. Cool. No problem. For Quincy, it was just, it was an inadequacy. I can't do it myself. And it pissed him off. Mm -hmm. But sometimes we have to kind of recalibrate the love languages for a temporary time. And learn to accept some things that we don't normally like or that maybe aren't always a priority. And then when time allows, go back to, okay, reevaluate. Where am I now? When his, when your physical health was back and, and things were starting to get better, it, it was an instant conversation of, I need physical attention. Mm-hmm. I, I need affection. I don't care how we figure it out. 
but I've lacked in this for a length of time. I need this tank filled again. Mm-hmm. If you don't have those conversations, it's very difficult. Like now with you working away from home, I'm more about having you around. I need the quality time. I need the presence in the home. So being able to work from home a couple days a week, even though I still have to leave and, and get them out of the house, you're accessible. When you're gone five hours away, you're not accessible. Those things are different now. I think people just don't realize, you know, when we have a trauma with, with Hannah in the hospital, there's no way for you to, to meet my quality time and my physical need. We're in two separate locations. Mm-hmm. So quality time became phone conversations. It's, you just you have to recalibrate based on what you're going through, and you have to constantly check constantly check yeah and i and i think what's important now you know and i line these things out so these are things that i'd like for you to look at in your relationship because i don't want you to get blindsided um the world like right now technology etc is trying to draw us into being more and more secluded self-sufficient like in our own little world um it's not drawing you to a place like with social media. It's about keeping you on. It's about keeping you invested in what's going on in that world. Even the metaverse is about helping you or, or encouraging you to live in an alternate reality when those things don't involve a whole lot of selfless acts, love, sacrifice, and commitment. Uh, I mean, you got to be committed to be on the on the platform, I guess, but... I say this, um, how is your communication in your marriage? What does that look like? Um, what about the time you are spending together? How is that going? How is your sex life? Are you both fulfilled in that area? Um, has it become routine or are you still really enjoying one another? Because Jeannie and I will get caught in, with our life. It's like, we can get caught in the routine. Something, you know, we we have a night, a connection. And it's like, ooh, we really like that. And so we just, we're doing that. And then it becomes that. And it's like, wait, we're kind of stuck in a routine here. And you it's want. It's not intentional. It's it's intentional in the fact that we're still connecting and having sex. And we, we enjoy those things. But the intention is to make sure the focus is on each other and when you don't change things up are you is your intention to connect with your spouse and to really like have that deep felt intimate moment or is your intention to connect have sex and have a release with each other because that's what you need for the week yeah there's there's a difference there's a big difference and then you know um are you discussing your relationship? Are you investing time in your relationship? And what do those discussions look like? Are you both leading separate lives and just have a business meeting? Are you roommates? What does it look like? What should this relationship look like? And what did you and your wife, or for you wives, what did you and your husband uh, decide on what, what this relationship was supposed to look like when you got into it. And then have you, just kind of revisiting this, have you recalibrated um, as things change? Maybe it's not, you know, maybe it's not having an, a new child in the house. It can be as simple as, you know, getting a new pet. It can be as monumental as getting a new career. It can be as monumental as there's a death in the family. But when there is change, sometimes we just put our head down and we keep forging forward. But is your relationship the, to use your word, the priority it's supposed to be? And I think that's a good way to put it. Um, and is it fulfilling? Do you, are you getting fulfillment uh, by investing in the people that you love in your marriage? And are you being fulfilled? And if you're not, how do you fix that? And what does it look like? And we've asked you the question before. It's like, okay, what is a perfect marriage? How would you define that? Is our marriage perfect? No, it's not. 
But it's pretty freaking great. And we have to take time to recalibrate our relationship, especially with all the change that has gone on lately. It's kind of forced us to do that. One thing we're not doing, one thing we're terrible at right now is getting away. Mm-hmm. We're horrible at it because we're not doing it. We just don't have the availability at the moment. And it's 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 a struggle, but... Nah, I think we can do it. I mean, I believe we can do it and we should get that thing figured out. I think when you're going through these questions, there's a couple things you need to... Uh, We'll call them sub-questions. Sub-questions. Where's your intention? Where is your intention in your communication? Are you only having conversations where you're airing grievances? Are there any, is it all business where you're talking about kids, finances, work? Or are you actually having heartfelt, intimate dream conversations? That, that was one of the biggest eye-openers for us is we don't dream anymore and then all of a sudden it was like well why not Mm -hmm. where did that go why are we not intentionally talking about five years down the road this is what i want Mm -hmm. or looking at this is the house one day i wish to own this is what i want it to be like and this is what my my um plans are when we have grandkids this is what christmas looks like why are we not doing that anymore are you doing that And are you intentional about it? Or are you just sitting down to say, we're having a coffee talk. We're going to air the grievances. Where do we sit? Are we good? Do we need to argue this out? And then moving on. That's not, that's not how communication should be. There has to be more to it. Um, Are you, your quality time? Are you in the moment? If you are playing with your phone and your emails are going off and your text messages are going off and you find yourself having to constantly say, hold on a second. I'm going to tell you, Quincy and I just recently had this conversation and it's still something that, you know, we're probably going to have to talk through. When he, he goes away, we talk at night on the phone. It sucks to be talking to someone on FaceTime while they're answering emails and talking to themselves about work while they're, you're sitting right here. And it's like, well, I love having your company. That's great, but I'm staring at a freaking face that's staring at a different screen and I'm just sitting on a desk. I could be doing so many other things because this is not purposeful for me. This is just me sitting on a table staring at you while you're working. No, that's not quality time. That's you getting me in a room that I'm not actually in. It's kind of not any different, though, than sitting next to you while you're reading. Exactly. But you do it. I do it when you go to bed. Or I do it when you guys are watching something on TV that I'm not interested in. But if you and I are in, are spending time together, I purposely put the books away. I don't, I don't let that get between us where we're trying to spend time. If you want to sit and watch a movie and it's just us, that's quality time. I put the books away so that we can watch the movie. It's different. But it's also intentional. Mm-hmm. It's I'm in that moment with you. Even if I think the movie's stupid, I'm in the moment with you. Um, you know, where where do you see your life going? Have you had these conversations? Life is changing. People are changing. I am an emotional mess lately with all the moving and all the different things. But if I'm not communicating that, I'm bottling it. I'm hiding it. I'm holding it. I'm trying to, to cipher through it myself. That's not helping anybody, especially me. Mm-hmm. Eventually, it's either going to explode or I'm going to go into a hole. I know this about myself. You know this about me. So this is where you have to be intentional. Yeah, a lot of times, you know, I I thrive on being intentional about things. Sometimes you have to trust your instincts as well and just throw it out there, you know, with if, if something seems off. Now... Sometimes you can have, you know, you can be caught up and the world revolves around you and maybe you're thinking the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. But I think it's better to ask and just see how your spouse is doing as a check-in and make sure it's something, not that you're going through the motions, but that you are doing what you do on purpose for the purpose of investing in your relationship and it's not just all her i'm not saying that you know it's all in the guys to check on your wife no i totally agree because i mean i do it with quincy we we've 
recently had conversations. There's changes going on in work. And when we're away from the kids, I ask him, with all these things happening and all this movement happening, how is your heart in this? Are you still feeling secure in where you're at? Are you still feeling okay with our decisions? I, I don't expect... I mean, I don't know if it's predominantly guys that listen to this or not, but I don't expect for for guys to think this is all on you to check on your spouse so that you're not blindsided. I think women take, as a wife, I take for granted sometimes that you're okay. Okay. Because guys don't always open up. Guys don't always want to talk about it. Guys don't want to dump their stuff because they don't want to be a chick in a situation. They don't want to get emotional about something. They don't want to feel like they need somebody. They just want to man up and get through it. As your wife, I have learned over the years to question. When all these things are going on, okay, you you sound like you're okay and you're talking about it and you're telling me all these great things, but it is still a responsibility that I have taken on myself to say, I need to check and make sure that you are mentally and emotionally really okay with this Hmm. because sometimes you won't tell me and I might happen to ask and say, okay, where are you in this? And those are the moments where you actually stop to take a minute and be aware of yourself and say, you know, I think it's a good thing, but I'm not going to say I don't have this thought going on in the back of my head or I, that just gives me a heads up to say, okay, watch for these things. When you start talking and you're telling me what's going on, it helps me to look for, is that voice that was in the back of his head speaking louder now? And you know, uh, you know what's interesting ab- about that? And I'll just, I'll say this. Um, I don't, I don't know if I would have opened up to you, say, 10 years ago. No, because I was an a-hole. Um, I didn't care about your job. That's all you did was work, and I didn't give a shit about your job. Well, I mean, may- maybe for that, <laughs> but we, I mean, like, mutually, honest. we just weren't there. Now, at the beginning of our relationship, we talked about it all. And for some reason, for some reason, it seems, if memory serves me right, we had a lot of trust immediately in each, mm-hmm. each other. And it was, like, immediate. So how did we go from such a great place of trust into into not trusting each other. And I'm sure there are I'm sure there's pinpoint moments that we both got stuck in. Um because you can you can develop, you can change, but your spouse may not buy into that or give you the the mm-hmm. give you the 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 space to change and actually believe that you're somebody different. You know, that that is something that can happen. Um, but I think, I think going through a, our, uh, our coaching time with Rita and B going through that experience, like that medical experience reinforced my ability to trust you. I I don't, and, and just like what John Welton had talked about is that guys tend to carry around a bucket of pain, bucket of disappointment, and just carry it uh, and really don't deal with their issues. They're just, you know, mm-hmm. moving forward through it. So, and I have noticed lately, like you're talking about, that you are asking me, how are you doing? It's not just once. It's once in a while. It's, it's It seems to be strategic. I don't know if you're just trusting your instinct there. Um, I listen. There's certain things that you'll say or certain things that um, we've had patterns in our life, especially with your job. Mm-hmm. And I I pay attention. And when those things are, are kind of creeping up, it's like, hmm, maybe I need to ask this. And it, a lot of times it, it can just be for myself to know, am I doing what I need to be doing? Because if you come back and say, you know, I'm, I'm kind of hurt about this or I'm, I'm, I'm kind of struggling with this. That makes me start taking a look at myself and say, okay, knowing your expectations of me and what my role is, what can I do in this? And then I just adapt. Sometimes it's as simple as just making sure that when you come home, our room is 
a spot where you can just come in and collapse and you're comfortable. I can do that. Yeah. You know, don't have my work stuff or your work stuff in the bedroom. So when you come home, this room is work free and you can chill. It's, it's just, it's years of learning is what it is. Yeah. And it's, it's also years of, I think we both do things for one another that are selfless because of our love for each other. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to be like my deal as a husband, the, what's ideal is I want you to feel like you are loved, like you are loved outrageously. I want you to feel that way. Um, I don't always meet the mark there and that, you know, that's just part of life. But I, when it, when it's all said and done, I go to that funeral experience and if, you know, if I kick off first, if you do stand up there and say something about me, I want it to be about how much I loved you, about how much, how important, how much of a priority, how much of these things I made you feel because you are my most favorite person on the planet. Um, And there was a transition in our relationship when I finally came to the realization that we're home team. Something changed for both of us when we got together and say, she's not going to intentionally do harm to me. It was just a different level of trust. And if you can't get on, if you can't get yourself on the same page to say, hey, we're home team, we're doing this together, it's not me against you, that is a red flag. And maybe it's not going to lead to separation, but it is going to create a lot of resentment in your relationship and if I can encourage you to do anything is make time to check in on your relationship something I think we're doing a pretty good job of but something we need to do more I think that's where a lot of people separate honestly is that they they just kind of truck along and and things are good but if you're not checking in Mm -hmm. and you're just kind of trucking along and everything seems normal that's why you're blindsided because you're you're not You've got tunnel vision, dude. You're not paying attention to what's going on around you. You could have passed that turn 10 miles ago, but you were just trucking along and didn't even see it. That's why. Because you're not, you have to make yourself purposefully aware. Mm -hmm. You have to constantly be paying attention to your kids, your spouse, your job, your friends, yourself. If these things are important to you and these relationships are important to you, you can't just truck along and expect that because it was good a week ago, it's great right now. It, it, no, daily we go through stuff. Daily things change. Daily, Quincy and I are intentional about checking in with each other. Yeah. It, if we didn't, I, I don't think that we would be where we are. And it's not, it's not like a negative either. It's no, not, it's an easy. It's not always about negative things or tough discussions or difficult conversations. It's it's actually really cool. Even if you're a guy who doesn't like to talk. I mean, sometimes all I do for work is talk. So when I come home, um, I would say talk and listen. When I come home, it can be a chore sometimes to listen to all the kids and Jeannie Talk, 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 talk. 50,000 words a woman, buddy. And it's like, I just need a minute to decompress. And But the the noise, the discussions, the conversations we have, I love it. I've developed a love for it because you really get in tune. You really get in tune with your relationships. So in my opinion, um, I hope that I hope you've taken some mental notes, if not some physical notes on paper or your phone or whatever you're going to do and look, you know, it's, it's part of my philosophy. If you're a listener to this show, live on purpose for a purpose. And it's about being intentional for the purposes that are in your life. It is a creed of mine. It's something that I believe is a non-negotiable. So take responsibility for that. And yes, Jeannie, you're 100% correct. You know, it's not always, I can't always talk like it's, what I do when I say these things is if if it's a wife listening, I just anticipate that she's going to rightly divide that. But I do 
overdo it sometimes when I'm saying, is this me? You know, is it, it's all me, whether it's in my business or my personal life. You know, I do take responsibility sometimes for things that are not mine on uh-huh. me. So I'm glad that you kind of made that distinction. And I think it's important that we know. I'm not saying that all these discussions are negative, that they're going to be tough all the time, but it is important that you check in and you maintain a healthy level of communication and connection with your spouse. Now, if you're arguing all the time, if every discussion is an argument, we, you need to intervene there. You need to get some help so that you guys can figure your crap out. Jeannie and I had to do that. Now, a lot of times it's the man who's not willing to go, which I understand. Um, There can be some pitfalls to that. But we have given you resources, especially with John Welton and the Bulletproof Husband or Cole Rogers and the School of Man. We have given you a couple of resources there that can really, really help you for where you're at. I need to find out if there's some for women. Because... Y'all get all these cool boot camps and these intense, you know, male bonding things and, you know, the military brotherhood type stuff. And I'm thinking, where's mine? That's like, a good uh, freaking question. There's a lot of them that are, you know, church based and retreats and things. That's not my thing. So I need to look around and find out, like, what yeah. about us? Yeah. What if, what if I need to get my shit straight? And I need to find a group of women that are not going to sugarcoat and pussyfoot around it. And yeah, that's a. I mean, well, that's a. Great no offense, y'all got great, great stuff going on, but I, I'm going to be selfish for a minute. Where, where's ours? Where do we go to get pumped up and and you know get our crap together and get all these other women who are doing the same things we are? I mean, I know there's groups. I'm sure it's out there. I there, do, well, we just don't know about of, like, it. like workout groups and mom groups, and that's not what I'm talking about. I don't want a mom group. No offense, but I don't. I don't want to be in talking about my kids. Yeah, you that's want that's not the, what I want. I don't want to go to something where I'm just talking about my husband and my my marriage. I want something to change us. And right now, all I can find are these exercise transformation groups. Blah. Well, <laughs> it's, it's almost like you want the Kim Anami of women's self-development somewhere there. Okay, without the... I'm, I'm not saying sexually <laughs> only. I'm saying... Say, I'm what, not weightlifting with that. That's what, not happening. What she does in her space, you're looking for... Because that's yeah. what a Cole Rogers does. That's what John Welton has become a part of with the Bulletproof Husband. Um, and sadly, it took those guys destroying their relationships in order to be able to rise from that and rebuild it. Um, And you don't have to be there to get intentional about your Mm -hmm. relationship. You don't. And that's part of every show open that you hear for Man Versus Marriage. How good do you want your life to be? How good do you want your marriage to be? You can decide that. doesn't matter what level you're on, but you can. And I talked to a guy that I worked with, and he was getting a divorce. And I said, you know, it was probably the doom of our friendship. <laughs> I said, you know, you don't have to do this. I, I think his path was already chosen, though, because he had other extracurriculars. But I get what you're saying. It, it, you don't have to choose that. You could choose to change things and do better. You can change. You, because this is who you are, it's not who you have to be. You can be who you want to be. It radically changed my life. It changed my health. It changed my marriage. When I got when I got intentional about what I was doing, and really, I think that funeral experience, thanks to Jay Ferrugia and his podcast, that funeral experience really gave me a vision. And biblically, it's like, Without a vision, the people perish. I think that's a great word for now in your relationship. What's the vision of your relationship? Because if you do not have one, you will become roommates. You may live together for 50 years. But why not do it on purpose? Why not be happy on purpose? Why not be madly in love on purpose? 
You can have that. It's available to you. I wish I were better at what I did. I wish I was a life coach. I wish, I wish, I wish I could be. I'm making, you know, I'm not there yet. I intend on being someday so that I can show you how to do that. But there are resources out there now. So don't wait. Do it now. Okay. That's pretty much, that's it. That's all I got for you. All right. She's Jeannie. I'm Quincy. I got to tell you, what's going on in South Africa right now? Because they are downloading the podcast like crazy. It's it's really neat to see. You probably hit a ministry there or something. Somebody there. And then Excuse over, my language if that's the case. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, over uh, also you, if you're in uh, South Africa, I see you, bro or sister. I see you. If you're in uh, Nigeria, what's up? I see you. If you're in the UK, I see you. If you're in America, America, I see you. If you're in Canada, I see you too. All of you, even folks in France and Ireland and Scotland, I see you. I see you're downloading. And I'm going to tell you this. You know this. I'm a man of faith. Every download I see, I'm constantly thanking God for the opportunity to speak into your life. And I'm praying for you each time. I don't know you by name. I don't know you by gender. I don't know if you're man or woman. But I thank God every time I see those downloads because that means that somebody's getting a little more hope for their relationship. And it's what I live for. So this is Man Versus Marriage. The podcast. How good do you want your life to be? You gotta live on purpose for a purpose. It's truly about becoming the best version of yourself that's possible. This is Man Versus Marriage.